What's up, guys? It's your boy, the hoodlum, Eric Acton, and you're tuning in to the Three Count Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast. Now entering the ring, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, and we shall go down the roster. Nobody else is here, so the only person that decided to show up today, he is the king of naps. That's all he likes to do. He doesn't actually watch wrestling. He only watches what culture wrestling he watches, Cultaholic, and he loves himself some wrestle talk. That is only things that make him qualify to be on this podcast. His name is JJ. Say what up. <clears throat> First of all, I'd like to thank the sidewalks for keeping me off the streets. Dangerous times out here. We're having a revolutionary war going on, so chitty chitty bang. So, like we said, this is now entering the ring, and we always have a special guest for you. So, today's special guest is no exception. You may have seen his videos talking about the demise of the Patriots dynasty. You may have seen some of his favorite, your favorite boxers with spaghetti legs. This is the man, the legend, Chisel Adonis. How's it going? Yes, indeed. Thank you for having me. And if you guys haven't known before, get familiar. I am the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical, individual, the chiseled Adonis. And I'm happy to be here on the Three Count Podcast. I am stoked, man. <laughs> so, like we said prior, um, we just got a few questions for you. Then we'll have the three, uh, three count, the three pod, three count podcast, ten count questions. Jesus, mouthful of sick. So, let's get into it. First question right off the bat, how did you get into wrestling? Man, I had to be about four years old. This is 1998, dating myself here. But um, I remember watching uh, the tail end of, you know, or I should say the start of the Attitude Era and just seeing it out of my own house because I didn't have cable at that time. I was still broke. Hell, I'm still broke now, but we ain't talking about that. But it was the tail end of, you know, watching Raw in 1998 and really getting accustomed to seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin. This was at the I remember Shawn Michaels had just this was the end of Shawn Michaels right at the uh the the back injury so I remember just watching DX after Triple H took the lead for that Stone Cold and then The Rock started to slowly ascend and then he became my guy so once SmackDown came to regular television in '99 I was hooked that's that's incredible so you said that you date yourself because it's 1998 let me tell you the first time that I saw wrestling it was Saturday morning. I saw Macho Man Randy Savage get wrapped up in the top and middle rope, and then I watched oh, Jake the Snake oh. unleash a cobra on him. Oh yeah, that was oh, my introduction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Nobody ever forgets that uh, that Jake the Snake moment, and just the the fear on everybody's face in the crowd. I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see it when it happened because I, you know, I was still swimming in the Family Jewels Natatorium. But man, if I was alive at that time, it'd have been a hell of a sight. No, oh, yeah, it was it was uh it was a treat. And then I found out more about it afterwards. I didn't even know that Jake the Snake actually hit his cobra numerous times to yeah. get pissed off. That was yeah, like, he spoke about man. it in a few in a few podcasts where he was talking about how he went above and beyond to piss off the snake and just let it loose. Now, yeah, it's the most wild thing I've ever seen. So seeing that you've been starting in the attitude era and with all the eras that we have seen now, what's been your favorite era of wrestling? For the match quality, I would have to say the Ruthless Aggression era because we saw a whole lot of great matches. But then sheer entertainment, I don't think anything comes close to the Attitude Era. Yeah, no, I agree. I like that. 
Um, okay, so then here's like another side question for you. So what's your advice for people trying to build up like a YouTube channel? Oh, so building up a YouTube channel, I'd say one, um, be authentic. That's number one. You got to be authentically you. A lot of times, a lot of people grab inspiration from different sort of channels, different creators, but you got to put your own spin on it. Because at the end of the day, nobody is you. Nobody is really like you. There are similar people, but nobody's a hundred percent you so if you're gonna get a youtube channel started just go out there put out content that you like double down on that and just keep the steam and the train rolling because once the first piece of adversity comes you can't quit if nobody's watching you for a year you have to bank on the fact that in year two year three year four they might come along if you only gain like 10 subscribers Focus on that 10, maximize that 10, and make that 10, 20. So instead of focusing on trying to get a million out the bat. So you just got to continue to keep swinging at the ball as it comes. All righty. I guess it's my turn. Um, What is the biggest regret that you've ever had in, like, your YouTube channel or just in life in general, man? Uh, biggest regret on YouTube? I'm not sure. Uh, probably not starting the channel earlier. Um, because I posted my very first video when I was in college in 2013, but I never posted after that for about four years. And when I had posted it, it was only my thoughts on, you know, on Ray Rice at the time. It wasn't even anything. It was just, all right, let me just talk about this. I had like about, 79 views and I ended up taking the video down. I probably should have started because had I started in 2013, I think I would have been way bigger than I am now. As for biggest regret in life, probably not blitzing on third and long my senior year of high school. (laughs) Never forgot that day ever. One of the lowest moments of my life. All righty. What was my next question for you would be, um, what is your all-time favorite feud in wrestling? Like, your all-time favorite. Mm, all-time favorite feud? Man, there, there are a lot. But if I had to say the first one that comes to mind, it would have to be Rock Austin. I think those guys, what they did for the three years, although, you know, 1999 and um, 2001, those are the biggest ones, that small month that they did in the build up until WrestleMania 19, that was masterful as well. So I would have to say Rock Austin, and coming in at number two would be Austin and and, and Mr. McMahon because they they put on an absolute clinic week in, week out. You wanted to see McMahon get his ass kicked. I don't think there was anybody who was on the side of the McMahons (laughs) during the Austin and McMahon side, and if they were, they're probably a corporate person. So it was was anything dealing with Rock Austin. That was number one for me. Um, so my next question for you would be, uh, uh, what is your all-time favorite YouTube video like that you've done? Hmm. All-time favorite YouTube video? I guess I would have to say I have three. My MTA rant three years ago. Um, yeah, that, that was the first one that I ever had go viral over a million views, not on YouTube, but on Facebook, but it had, um, over a million views with my face in it. Usually I had everything go off on commentary. So that was number one. Number two was the roast of the fat family, the trilogy. That was, oh, that was beautiful. Actually received death threats from their family. That was something like, don't come to Atlanta. We're going to kill you. I went to Atlanta like the year later. I didn't message the guy, but I was there. They can't say how they go. 
But uh, and that was that was number two. And number three would probably have to be um last month when I record. No, maybe two months ago when I recorded the um the rehabilitation of my father and him getting back to 100 percent. So I'd have to say those three videos were, were my favorite. All righty. And my final question for you would be, what do you want your legacy on YouTube or as a comedian in general? What do you want it to be? Uh, legacy wise, I want to be a guy who was who was very different from everybody else. In a sense, the goal is to be the greatest of all time, and it's going to take a long time to get there. But I look at it as it's, it's a 30 chapter book. It's a 30 different chapter book. I'm probably on chapter chapter two at this current time. So my legacy is just going to be a guy who is completely different from everybody else, joked on everything and pulled no punches. All right, back yeah. to you, Cliff. Love it. Love it 100%. So with that being said, these are our questions that we've asked. So now we have the 10-count questions, right? So we're going to have put on the imaginary timer. Ding! There it is. It's not even that tough of a quiz. Hey, real talk, first thing that comes to mind. So here we go. SmackDown or Raw? SmackDown. Favorite wrestler? Chris Benoit. Favorite YouTuber? YouTuber. Hmm. Tommy Sotomayor. All right. <laughs> Favorite candy? Butterfingers. Hey, let's go. Uh, the last show you binge watched? Dexter. Oh, nice. <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Last time you laughed out loud? Ten minutes ago. Favorite member of the Ginyu Force? <laughs> Berter. Hey, let's go. Hey. Favorite, uh, your favorite name that you wrote in your death notebook? Nick Fold. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, favorite curse word? Probably bitch. <laughs> nice. So that's it for the 10 count, 10 count questions. You passed the test. So I know we've asked, uh, you know, we've asked our questions and stuff like that. And normally that's how we kind of clean up our formalities and stuff. But I'm interested, right? So Austin, Brock, who was your favorite guy from like the Ruthless era? Oh, man. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, Undertaker. Those were just a, a, a few uh, uh, that I would say were at the top. Um, God, Lita. She was great. Uh, tag teams. Wow. Um, well, the Dudleys kind of left at, at what was it, 2004? So I can't. They were my favorite tag team of all time, but I can't really use them. Um, man, Batista. Oh, I love Batista. Yeah, Batista, <laughs> Benoit, Guerrero, uh, Mysterio. Uh, Edge. Can I not say Edge? Um, Umaga before his passing. May he rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, man. Wow. Ric Flair. Although he's in his fifties, but Ric Flair. Um, boy. Ah, I know I'm missing one person that's from Booker T. Did I say Booker T? No, you didn't. Yeah, bu- yeah, Booker T. <laughs> um, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, 
Goldberg was one year. Brock. God, there was so many. There was so many. The list goes on and on. I love the Ruthless Aggression era. That honestly, since the new generation era up until now, Ruthless Aggression brought back actual wrestling in the ring. Yeah. It brought it back. And then now we get to see, you know, clinics uh, of great matches day in and day out now on television about three times per week. Yeah, I have to, I have to say, like, as far as like, like the era of like ruthless aggression goes, you know, like Cena would definitely be on my list just because like he was just like oh, the, yeah, the biggest star of like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Edge was one of my favorite wrestlers, and then uh, I, my all-time favorite wrestler, no questions asked. If anybody has anything to say about it, I just knock him in the face, Rey Mysterio Jr. Because uh, you just, like he, I've watched him since uh 1995 when he showed up at WCW in Panama City, Florida, wearing nothing but pink. And I was like, this man is legit. And he beat Dean Malenko. And I was like, this is this is the dude I will watch forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beat the Iceman. The Mysterio. Mysterio. It's funny because I seen Mysterio in indie promotions um, before I saw him. Oh, I've, I've probably seen Mysterio wrestle live since 2014. I've seen him a, a numerous amount of times. But that guy. I don't know how he continues to do what he's doing even now. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense because it's going on, what, 25 years. And I think he started – I think he had um years when he was wrestling before he came to WCW too. So yeah. it, does, it just doesn't make sense how he's still able to keep up with these guys now. It, it's crazy. What was it, AAA, 14 yeah. years old? And yeah. Then he went to ECW for a year, and then he went to w, WCW. Yeah. <laughs> I I may have I may have followed a career or not I don't know I might know some things but <laughs> but um you said your favorite tag team is the Dudley Boys like have you ever met those guys like oh yeah yeah I met them in person three times I actually saw their last match that they ever worked together at a um indie promotion here in New York at HOG it was a um fatal four way between themselves the Hardys a private party. And at the time, they were called EYFBO, but now they're members of the inner circle in uh, Santana and um, Ortiz. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was a fatal four-way, and I, I saw Devon and and, and, uh, and Bubba have their last match together. That's that's the best. I can't believe my tag team, uh, my tag team of choice for all times. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've ever told this on the air, so this would be the first time. Legion of Doom. Like, I was a road warrior guy. That's why – it's my favorite pose of hitting DDP yoga. I'm not gonna lie, I do that. <laughs> oh, I do it too. I got. I'm actually looking at. I can see my CDs from here for the <laughs> DDP yoga. What did you think of the um the, when they rebranded the uh the Legion of Doom? As far as like LOD 2000, or are you talking yeah. about like the Heidenreich thing? Cause, like, kind of both. Kind of both. I didn't like the um the, the when they with the LOD 2000. I wasn't a big fan. of I think that's when they put Sunny with them. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of that. So if you would have taken Sonny out and left LOD 2000 the way they were with that with the helmets and the shoulder pads were so lit. But I'm I'm am a classic dude. I love when they're um like their new Japan stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when they when they officially made it into WWE, I was so excited to see them and then like just like I don't know, it was crazy to see them and then they tried to do the whole like Darren Draws thing, which by the way, he's a Broncos mm-hmm. He was a former Bronco. Shout out to my, my favorite team. I know you're a Steelers fan, but mm. it is what it is. We all can't be great. Um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, so seeing Darren Draws and that, that whole interaction was crazy. But then, like, knowing the behind the scenes from, like, uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Ah, uh, yes, like, yes. 
it was even more intense because I was like, I remember, I remember like, I remember watching it as a kid and seeing um, Hawk fall from the back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did he get pushed or was he like, did he just fall? And like, I couldn't, I couldn't recall. And then to see them that the storyline was that he got pushed by Darren Draws was like, I was like, oh, dang, this is insane. But um, I don't know. To me, I think, I think I liked I liked LOD just in general. I will always be like the old school fan. But seeing LOD 2000 as a kid, I remember like I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then um, then seeing Heidenreich with them, I was kind of like, yeah, you know what? That's just not as cool. It's not as cool without Hawk. Yeah, I agree. When they brought because Heidenreich, I think that was right after he was doing all of the poems and things of that nature. So it was very weird. I don't know. I never really got into it at that point. But the original LOD and I watched the Dark Side of the Ring uh, episode as well. So it was very it was tough to watch because almost every episode that they put out when they cover and it goes to the twist of the downfall it always hits a nerve because when you're younger you have no clue this is what's going on so it it was crazy man it was crazy yeah um speaking of like even just that show itself right so um just i'm not gonna lie i how many okay let me ask the question how many times did you tear up watching the crispin wall story oh probably about six it yeah, had yeah. to be about six. When they mentioned, um, when they got to the point where Eddie died, and then they talked on how he started wailing and crying, man, I couldn't. I was just sitting there like, let me. I was watching it. I wasn't watching on TV. I was watching on my computer. I'm like, let me hit pause, just gather myself, because I remember how I felt. I was ten years old when Eddie died, and I didn't know how to act. And those two were two of my top five favorite wrestlers at the time. So. If he was reacting like that, or I should say if I was reacting like that, how did I expect him to not take it that hard? And that just started the, the true downfall uh, of Benoit, man. It, it was brutal. You know, it's funny because, like, I remember – so I, I remember everything, like, they were talking about. Like, I can I remembered everything like it was yesterday because I was – what was that, 2006? I was in the military. I had just got out of boot camp, and I was – in like in what was called uh, tech school and i remember watching and then like randomly i saw vince and chavo come up and like cnn was like live broadcasting it and then they're like well what happened and he's like eddie died i was like i just stopped and dropped my food and i was like what the what would you just say and then like i remember going back and hearing the story and then watching it all back again i was like all the emotions flooded back and i was just like i can't do this because i remember I remember Rey Mysterio that Monday night crying live on air, but then having the match with Shawn Michaels in their dedication to him. And I was like, yo, this is like so intense. Mm-hmm. I'm just that Benoit, the Benoit when he died. And I was like, that's 2007. So I was like, I remember who was, it was me and my brother. We was at, uh, who was at our grandmother's house. Cause that's how we really got into wrestling. And I remember the episode before the, uh, the limousine exploded. Vince, Mm-hmm. Yep. and everybody thought he died and then like the next week later Vince shows up and that's when like me and my brother kind of realized that wrestling was kind of fake because like at that point like we were still like teetering like is it really real or is it really fake and then Ben Wad died it was like what and then when more news came out and it was like that he killed his family and all that I was just like it, it, all, it didn't feel real mm-hmm. and then like the business almost like collapsed because of this like roid rage and all that is and that was only like four or so when benoit died and i man i just i remember i vividly remember that it, was, it still hurts 
Yeah, I can. Okay, so outside of WWE, who are some of the other wrestlers that you watch? Um, I would have to say outside of WWE, definitely the Young Bucks. I'm a fan of theirs. Uh, I've seen I've seen their um their work when they're in New Japan and then even in Ring of Honor things of that nature. I watched a little of the big fights that were in New Japan when uh, Jericho went over there. I watched um uh, uh, Omega and Okada that that six star match that they gave them <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I watched that. What was it? Dominion something like that they called it. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I watch I watch that. I watch a, a little bit of AEW here and there because now I'm having to get introduced to all of these different wrestlers I didn't know. But now that FTR is there, they're my current favorite tag team. So now that they're there, I'm trying to get much more, you know, into it. So I've watched a little AEW here and there. Yeah, I got I got lucky because um a bunch of guys that I known all told me about hey if you like WWE, I want you to go check out New Japan, and then they all introduced New Japan. That's when I saw everybody transition over to AEW. But it was only because of AEW, like, I even know remotely, like, half the guys that are there. Like, I didn't – Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Orange Cassidy, who coincidentally is now one of my favorite. And then seeing, seeing Neville or Pac, as people want to call him now, as Pac is over there now, it's like seeing him back on an American scene. I was like, dude, this is this is great. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of good talent over there. I saw a good percentage of their guys – on the indie circuit so but it was isolated matches i never really followed them the only people that i really followed were those who were in the new york promotion so i i saw private party i, I think i saw their debut match when they started in 2015 so they came a hell of a long way um santana ortiz when they were in um was it tna when they were in lax or was that yeah, a, whatever they call it. yeah yeah impact whatever they call that promotion but that i saw <laughs> Yeah, I saw I saw all of a, a, a good percentage of those guys, but now they're in a great spot. And big kudos to Cody, a, a, a Cody, the Young Bucks, Omega, all those guys for making the the other promotion because it's long overdue. The WWE became this gigantic monopoly. They ran the entire wrestling business, and they truly didn't need competition. So if AEW can get their stuff together, we're gonna be into a golden age of wrestling once again. Yeah, I, I truly agree with that, man. Especially, you know, I, I love the fact that the Young Bucks have tied themselves so hard to tag team wrestling because that's like that's one thing that's missing in WWE is that there's not like any like real great tag teams. Like you can name a couple of like the tag teams that are there, but you can't really put your finger on like any one of your like that's gonna be the next great tag team. But at least you know FTR, the Young Bucks. I mean, you do have Jurassic Express. There's Private Party, which. I remember like I remember watching their final match at House of Glory, which was really good, and then seeing them come back uh, into AEW. So yeah, I agree, man. Like if they can get if they can keep you know the Rockets strapped onto their tag team division and just keep it keep pushing, they're gonna do like great things. You know they 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 suffer the same thing just like WWE uh, WWE suffers is like their women's division where it's kind of focused around one star, but then like you lose that star and then you don't have nothing to build off of. So hopefully like. You know, just like you said, like they can continue just like building, building and building and make things stronger. So that's it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, do you have um, do you have any other favorite wrestlers that like at ROH and stuff? Because I know you had mentioned that you've seen a couple of their shows. Um, out of ROH, I have no clue who is currently in ROH. I have no. Is the villain there? Is he there? Yeah. So Marty Squirrel actually is there. He's okay, actually great. He's their he's their co lead booker. Is that right, Josh? Wow. He, 
I think that's right. I think he's I like. Think, I think so. Yeah. Like no, the rumor has it that he's yeah he's getting paid like WWE money for like forty or forty shows and like he does all the booking in the back. That's right, the rumor. That's, that's good because he he's my guy. I like him, but I had no clue what he was uh what he was doing because I, I I haven't watched a Ring of Honor in probably about a year, so I had no clue where he was at. I was shocked that he wasn't in the AEW uh, um scenes. So I'm like, what the hell happened to Marty Squirrels? But and here we are. Well, it's funny you bring that up because, like, um, in December, there was, like, a big angle where, like, the Dark Order had, like, taken over the ring and the Elite were trying to come in and beat up and beat up Dark Order, but they were just getting – they were getting squashed. And the whole reason for it was because Marty Squirrel – this was, like, the rumor that Marty Squirrel was supposed to make his debut on AEW, but instead he signed a contract with ROH because they were paying him dumb money to do anything that he wanted that could help get ROH back on top. Is what he what they were instructed. So he showed up on uh, NWA Power with all the R's. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed up. He showed up there. Um, he showed up on BND Elite. He's I think still got his deal with New Japan, so he can still make appearances there. So he's just he's gonna be like the one guy where you see him probably at every single show and just making appearances. Oh man, wow. Well, he's going to be getting his money. I just hope he's able to turn ROH around because if it doesn't, I guess in his case, he's got his money coming in. So he'll be fine. The promotion could possibly end up failing. So hopefully they can turn this around because the more wrestling that we have out there that are, you know, slowly growing to get to the top and the more competition, people will be forced to put on a very good product. Yeah, and I think that's one thing about ROH because they're actually so we didn't even talk about this. We're out of Baltimore. And that's where ROH is. It's right out of Baltimore. So we get to see all the shows over here for like, uh, over at UMBC. We go check them out whenever they, they put them on. But obviously because of coronavirus, it's not a thing. So, but because of, uh, because of their deals right now, they have with like Access TV and stuff, they're able to put on, still put on like, you know, shows that they've like all taped. And I think they're getting ready to get back to doing live events here soon. So I don't know. We're excited. And yeah, you're right. Like as long as they can stay competitive and, you know, put on great matches and we, you know, get to see them like i think fans would get back to getting get under roh and like help driving that product up so it's a great man so other than that man can you give out your socials to or your you know social media handles and as well plug your youtube channel everything you want to do Oh, yeah, it's Chiseled Adonis on everything, you know, uh, Facebook, uh, Chiseled Adonis Reloaded, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, um, where else am I? I'm on TikTok now. I'm going to try that for a month. Uh, Pornhub. You can find me everywhere, at Chiseled Adonis. <laughs> so with that being said, you heard the man himself. You can find him wherever you want. Guys, don't forget, um, hop on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count podcast you can also find us on ig and twitter at the three count podcast or the three count underscore pod for the red dog clifford miller that is jj this is chisel donis and we will see you again so either be there or be somewhere else congratulations you made it to the end now like share subscribe comment tell a friend go to ig at the three count pod go to twitter at the three count underscore pod Go to Facebook, YouTube at Three Count Podcast, and then go buy some merch from us. Show us some support at ProWrestlingTees.com, and you go in the search box, you'll find it right there at Three Count Podcast. Then you know, tell us that you like us. And for you guys who don't know, I am Clifford Red Dog Miller, and catchphrase.